It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Cougars, this is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. The NCAA has extended the dead period for recruiting. How will that affect BYU sports, BYU football in particular? Well, it's not great. We'll talk about that. We'll also get to some comments from Brett McMurphy that he made on the Zone Sports Network yesterday. Is the college football season in peril? Could it be moved? He has some interesting ideas and some interesting thoughts after talking to over 100 athletic directors across the country. We'll get to that as well as as catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news like we usually do. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Cougars, where of course the motto is your team every day. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get it going here. This is Locked On Cougars for April 2nd, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thanks again for joining us here on Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars, bringing you insider information as well as all the BYU sports news you need to know every day and information that you cannot find anywhere else. Make sure to hit that follow button if you're listening to us on Spotify or hit that subscribe button if you're listening on Apple iTunes so you never miss an episode. And make sure to tell your family and friends about this podcast. It's something that really helps build the audience is the word of mouth of people saying, hey, there's this podcast out there that's talking BYU sports. So appreciate you guys continuing to share this with your family and friends and interacting with us here on the podcast. Starting off today, the NCAA Division One and Division Two com- council committees, committee councils, I don't know what they call themselves officially, announced yesterday that the NCAA recruiting dead period that had been imposed since March 13th, it was originally set to run through April 15th, meaning that no in-person recruiting was able to happen in any sport. You could not go to a prospect's campus, a high school campus, and you could not uh, have a prospect come to your campus for a visit. You could not do face-to-face recruiting during this period. Well, that period has been extended through May 31st. So a whole two months essentially here of absolutely no face-to-face recruiting for BYU coaches across all sports, including football. Uh, It does permit uh, schools, though, to have uh, social media interaction as well as written correspondence with potential student athletes so that is something you can still do so you can uh, send you can make phone calls you can send text messages you can use other written correspondence social media and the like to recruit athletes but you cannot have face-to-face encounters with prospective student athletes and This is going to negatively affect BYU football more than most because April 15th, when the original dead period was set to end, began what is called the spring evaluation period for college football programs at the FBS level. It was set to run through May 31st. And what it is during this period, BYU football coaches could fan out around the country, student athletes could come to BYU's campus, and they could recruit. It was the spring evaluation period where coaches normally really kind of firm up who 
they're chasing in the upcoming recruiting class, but also get film on upcoming juniors. So let's say, so currently, BYU is recruiting for their 2021 recruiting class right now. That'll sign either in December or February uh, of this year and next year. And then during this period of the spring evaluation period, normally the coaching staffs would fan out and start recruiting athletes from the 2022 class. A lot of you have probably heard the term junior days. Those happen a lot during this period where BYU and other college football programs can bring junior prospects, class of 2022 prospects, to BYU's campus to check out the facilities, etc. Well, with this recruiting dead period, none of that can happen. So it does affect BYU, but the positive out of all of this is all 130 FBS programs are not allowed to recruit in person either. So their recruiting efforts are limited just like BYU's are. That, in theory, does level the playing field for BYU so that everybody's on a level playing field in terms of recruiting, but it's still just a tough time because now all of a sudden you're thrown for a loop, and BYU doubly so right now. The new missionary guidelines in terms of missionaries returning, being temporarily released, and then having the option to to continue to serve as a missionary and then return to the mission field when the COVID-19 pandemic is under control or to just be outright released or even defer your uh, mission service for a period of up to 12 to 18 months. I don't envy Kalani Satake and his staff right now because you have 47 missionaries currently uh, out serving missions or were serving missions, and a lot of them could see themselves being released and coming home. We've already talked about a few of them. Guys like Cash Peterman, Jalen Vickers, they've already returned home. Oliver Nasilai, a kid from Arkansas, has returned home from his mission. Tanner Wall, another guy, has returned home. And based on everything I've heard, those four in particular, at least, have been permanently, or not permanently, have been officially released and will not be returning to the mission field. They have been honorably released from their missions, so they're going to be looking to join the BYU football program right away. The good news is in the case of Tanner Wall and Cash Peterman, at least, they were set to be walk-on athletes at BYU, so that's not that big of a deal for BYU. You don't have to necessarily free up a scholarship to bring both of them in, but an athlete like a Jalen Vickers and an Oliver Nasilai, they were expected to be on scholarship. How will they handle uh, what appears to be just a massive, massive numbers crunch for BYU? Who knows? If I'm Kalani Satake, Tom Holmo, the rest of the BYU Athletic Administration and the coaching staff, I'm appealing to the NCAA for some relief in terms of scholarship limits due to this one-time situation. Other football programs, Utah State, Utah, a lot of programs in the West have a missionary or two, and in the case of Utah and Utah State, more than that, maybe 10 or so that are could be returning to their programs. So maybe BYU could approach those programs and maybe make a united front in an effort to approach the NCAA and say, here's the deal. We need some help in terms of being able to quote-unquote oversign for this season only. We'll get the numbers under control by next year, but we this year we need to be able to add these guys onto scholarship. Otherwise, there are going to be some hard decisions to make for the BYU football program in terms of telling guys, hey, we need you to move on, we need to free up a scholarship, etc., it's going to be a very tough period, a very tough summer for BYU football, BYU sports in general, obviously, because they don't have a time frame on when summer activities, sports may be back. We're going to get to some comments here in just a minute from Brett McMurphy, one of the foremost authorities and insiders on college football on what he's been hearing about the upcoming football season. But 
it is going to be extremely, extremely tough for BYU football in particular to navigate this recruiting dead period in addition to what appears to be just a massive rush of return missionaries coming into the BYU football program if everything holds as it stands currently. I'm appealing to the NCAA if I'm BYU and asking, hey, you guys got to understand this is a one-time deal. We will get things under control, but we need to have the, uh, the ability to absorb all of these extra guys into our program who, uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, have been forced to return home. It's, it's, a, it's a special circumstance, so I'm hoping that the NCAA will take some leniency on BYU, but... Well, let's be honest, the last few years with BYU and the NCAA have not been so great. So we're going to find out. We'll be sure to track this for you guys. But that NCAA recruiting dead period is extended until May 31st. And that makes recruiting and just the overall landscape of college sports all the murkier. And we'll be tracking that for you guys. We'll bring you any information that we have right here on Locked On Cougars. All right, let's get to some comments from Brett McMurphy. He was on with, with DJ and PK in the morning yesterday, the show I worked on during my day job had some great comments and some insightful comments on what the potential of the upcoming college football season is in particular we'll get to those here in just a second before we do that though a reminder for you guys to check out a brand new podcast here on the locked on podcast network chad ford actually a guy who's a professor at brigham young university hawaii out there on the island of oahu Well, he's also one of the foremost authorities on the NBA draft. He spent the better part of two decades working for ESPN as part of their NBA draft coverage. Well, he was uh, let go by ESPN when they made a bunch of their staff changes a few years ago, and he is now back with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's called Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. It is a great podcast. He had Mark Stein from the New York Times on with him earlier this week. If you want some comments and some insightful opinion analysis and just overall thoughts on the NBA draft that you will not find anywhere else, check out Chad Ford's NBA Big Board right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. As I mentioned, the Brett McMurphy was on with DJ and PK in the morning on The Zone Sports Network yesterday. You can go to 1280thezone.com and listen to this interview in its entirety, or you can go on any podcast provider of your, of your choice. Look up DJ and PK. It's part of The Zone Sports Network's podcast feed, and the Brett McMurphy interview will be right there for you guys as well. Well, uh, Brett McMurphy had a great piece on the Stadium Network on stadiumnetwork.com. He interviewed or he surveyed 112 of the 130 football bowl subdivision athletic directors around the country. He sent out the survey to all 130 of them. 112 responded. And let's put it this way. They paint a very bleak picture for a full college football season starting on time this fall, based on what I heard in that interview from uh, from Brett McMurphy. Here you go. Let's start off with this. 
is the college football season in peril or will college athletic directors do everything under the sun to make sure football season is played? Here you go. Here's Brett McMurphy's thought on that. First off, the frustrating thing with this is everyone's waiting to get the all clear. Everyone's waiting whenever we're told it's safe and whenever there's no more, you know, stay at home states, all these different things. Whenever that happens, then we can move forward. That's the frustrating thing for these athletic directors is they don't know when this will be. Will it be a week from now? Will it be a month from now? Will it be six months from now? Nobody knows. So if the season doesn't start in August, some of the options that the AD said that they're considering are playing a conference-only schedule, which, you know, that would still allow bowl games to happen, the college football playoff, all sort of those things. That, however, would be devastating to the group of five schools who have the one big money road game in the non-conference that would kill the FCS level because their entire budgets are centered around a a million dollar payday when they go play a power five opponent. Other options would be making football a two semester sport. Some ADs suggested, look, if we can't start in August, let's start as soon as we can, if that's October, November, and then we'll play into February or March if we have to. Some other ADs suggested, look, if we can't play in the fall, then hey, let's let's play in the spring. And it sounds comical, something I would have laughed at a couple of couple of weeks ago, but you know, that could be a reality. If we can't start the season until January, then the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl have the semifinals. Miami's got the national title game. Those games could be going on around Memorial Day. But that's some of the the things that the ADs are looking at and considering. But again, they don't know what they're going to do until they know when they can start this whole process. And so that's kind of what's got them banging their heads against the wall. And ultimately, everybody wants to get the season in because of how much they depend on the the finances of the revenue generated from college football. There you go, Brett McMurphy. They They need that revenue. A lot of college football programs, the vast majority of them, operate in the red or at a deficit, especially when it comes to football, etc. They cannot afford to have to, they cannot afford to not have a college football season and that lost revenue, which in some cases is upwards of $50 million for certain programs. You cannot afford to lose that if you're a college football program. And you heard Brett McGriffey said, these ADs are saying, okay, well, we move it back. We play a conference only schedule. We uh, play through the winter. We play starting whenever we can and play in to March or April. We play in the spring. We start in February and play until May. They just need to get it and they have to have that revenue. Now, here's the interesting situation. If they play that conference-only model, what is BYU and the rest of the independent programs, what are they supposed to do? Well, here you go. Here's more from Brett McMurphy. I can say, well, they're considering this, and you could then ask me 50 questions, and I could say, I don't know. And that's kind of where we're at. I don't know what would happen with BYU. What would happen with Notre Dame? I do know that Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner, said the other day that all the Power 5 commissioners are speaking daily. And he said, basically, if there was a conference-only model, that the Power 5 conferences, which obviously would impact everybody else, would come to an agreement that every conference among the Power 5, everyone else could do whatever they want, but I'm sure they would follow suit, would play either eight games or they would play nine games. Well, that's great, except three of the leagues, Power 5 leagues, play nine conference games. Two of them play eight conference games. So are you going to get the 
the two that play eight to bump up to nine, or are you going to get the three that play nine bumped down to eight? I guess the best scenario for BYU would be that everyone plays nine conference games because that means the two leagues with eight would have to find an additional game, and certainly BYU would be an attractive opponent. Also, I'm guessing if they decided just to go with eight conference games, that I'm sure the independents would probably work together to schedule as best they could. I'm sure the group of five, if the Power Five says we're only going to play eight conference games, they all play eight conference games anyway, so they're not going to say, well, no, we're going to play nine. They're not going to add but again, there's so many different different factors and layers with this that you're right. What happens with the independence in this scenario? It's a crazy time and stuff that we never thought we would have considered as far as in college athletics and college football could become a reality, again, depending on whenever we get the all clear and, and life can return to normal whenever that is. There you go, Brett McMurphy. And it, it does make for a very interesting situation for BYU. There are seven FBS independent programs. Could BYU theory theoretically flesh out an eight-game schedule with those independents? Absolutely. We'll get more into this. I'm actually going to break this down in more in depth. I, I meant to play some audio from from Aaron Roderick as well as Zach Wilson on today's podcast, but when this interview came about and we heard from Brett McMurphy, I'm like, we're calling an audible. We're going with this audio. So there are seven uh, FBS independent programs currently. Brigham Young University, United States Military Academy, you know, as Army West Point, Liberty University, New Mexico State University, University of Notre Dame, University of Connecticut, and University of Massachusetts at Amherst. BYU obviously has faced off against a number of these independents. Could BYU against put together a six, an eight-game schedule against these other six FBS independents if they had to? Well, in theory, they could. Maybe you call Notre Dame and say, let's have a home-and-home home here, and a, let's say you have New Mexico State because they're regional. They're down there in Las Cruces. It's not a bad flight. You've played down there before. You have a home and home with New Mexico State. Well, that gets you the two extra games you need to get to the eight-game schedule if you have a one game uh, against the against Army, one against Liberty, one against UConn, one against UMass, etc. It would get you to that eight-game schedule, but it makes for a very, very interesting situation for BYU, and the hope is you don't have to do that because you don't want that conference-only model because all of a sudden you're just thrown for a loop if you're BYU. Well, here's the thing. Well, BYU may not be alone in that. Here's Brett McMurphy talking about how every program around the country may be forced to scramble in redoing their schedules, potentially. Going with the conference-only model, we'll, we'll go with that model. The Power Five conferences are going to have to adjust their schedules, too, because some of these conference games are being played in September. So if the season can't start until October, even the conferences that play eight conference games are going to have to adjust their schedules on the fly. Everybody is going to have to adjust their schedules on the fly. They're going to have to move things around. Obviously, the conferences don't have as many games to move around as, say, obviously an independent. But yeah, a lot of these Power Five leagues, they play these September conference games. Those games would not be, obviously, would not be played in September. So now you got to move them to October, November. Well, now you got to find dates that coincide with your opponent. And will that work? Because it, they both may not have the same open date. So, yeah, I think everybody will be working on the fly, which is kind of, I mean, I'm not making this funny or laughing about it, but it, it is comical kind of a way in that all these schools are scheduling games literally like 50 years out. 
And now they're going to have to redo their schedule literally in a matter of days. So BYU is not alone in this in terms of it having potentially to redo their schedule on the fly. A lot of programs, you, you can think of like USC. They play Stanford, what, the second week of the season because both of them play Notre Dame traditionally in both October and November. So they have a conference game in September. Well, if you're not starting games till October, all of a sudden you've got to find a new date for the Stanford-USC game if you're going to play a conference-only schedule for the Pac-12. So BYU will not be alone in terms of redoing their schedule, but as an independent, having 12 games against other programs, not all of them independent, BYU's at more of a disadvantage in terms of scheduling on the fly. Like I said, against the six other FBS independents, in theory, you should be able to put something together, but man, let's just hope it doesn't come to that, because that would be just a rough, rough time to deal with that. A couple other things. Of course, the spring option has been talked about, it's been bandied about, and it's something that apparently is very real according to Brett McMurphy a lot of these college ADs are saying we have to have the season even if it means we play next spring and then maybe play in the fall again well here's what uh, playing in the spring would entail for college football programs according to Brett McMurphy and the potential issues of moving the sport from the fall to the spring I hope I'm wrong on this I pray I'm wrong the way we are right now Duke has already canceled their summer camp on campus classes Wimbledon has been canceled and that goes into mid-July. So we're already canceling stuff into mid-July. This is where I hope I'm wrong. I can't see these colleges and universities saying in the middle of August saying, okay, it's safe now. Bring all your 30, 40, 50,000 students back on campus from all over the world. It's safe to come back. I don't think that's going to happen. I hope I'm wrong. Let's say I'm right. Well, that means all these kids are taking online classes. Well, if the student bodies aren't on campus, then how are you going to bring back the student-athletes? And if the student-athletes aren't on campus, you can't have a season. And so if that happens, then it gets pushed to the spring, and you play in the spring. I just literally just got off the phone with a group of five athletic directors. He said there was a president in his conference who suggested last week going ahead and announcing that they wanted to move their season to the spring. So, again, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but they're already starting to consider these things because, again, no one knows when it's going to be, you know, the all clear to, to, for things to go back to normal. I hope I'm wrong about the, the schools and what goes on in the fall, but if, if we can't have the student bodies on campus, then we're not going to be able to have fans in the stands. And so if that happens, I think moving to the spring is a real possibility because, yes, you know, it's going to conflict with the NFL draft. Yes, March Madness will be going on the same time as college football. Yes, there's a million other uncertainties. Yes, Trevor Lawrence may not want to play because would he want to start a season in January when he's going to be the number one pick in April and he doesn't want to take a chance of an injury? Yeah, a lot of things like that are going to happen. Seniors may not want to play because they want to train for the NFL. There's a million offshoots of that. But the bottom line is the universities and the athletic departments cannot go without a year of not having the revenue of college football because no matter the greatest CFO in the world, there is no way anybody doing their budgets 10 years ago, five years ago, two years ago said, you know what, we need to squirrel away X millions of dollars because we may not have a football season in 2020. Nobody ever thought that would happen. And so that's where we're at. And so people are kind of trying to come up with these contingency plans dependent on when everyone can move forward. And that's kind of where we're at. A lot of unknowns, a lot of this could happen or that could happen. And one thing's for certain, (laughs) there's nothing definite right now. 
There you go, Brett McMurphy. Very interesting because, of course, if everything is back on track at that point, let's say during the winter they declare, hey, COVID-19 is under control, so the college basketball season is underway, the NBA is back into their 2021 season at that point, etc. You'd be going up against a number of other sports in the spring if football was pushed to that, but you just may have to do it because, like I said, there are a number of programs. BYU, fortunately, always operates in the black. That is one thing. It's kind of the mandate from the university to the athletic department, to Tom Homo and the rest of the people in the BYU athletic department. BYU has to operate with the money they generate themselves. There is no subsidization coming from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Brigham Young University to the BYU athletic department. BYU operates in the black. It's something they've always done, and they will actually be in a good spot. Let's say if the, let's of course come to worse and the college football season was next, BYU would be okay because they've been operating the black, they have some reserves, etc. But it still would be painful, doubly painful for the bevy of programs who operate in the red operated a deficit with their athletic department. So very, very tenuous, interesting situation when it comes to the college football season coming up. Finally, one final tidbit here from Brett McMurphy yesterday on the Zone Sports Network. Something that I hadn't even thought of but is Absolutely, I think the right decision if it were to come to this. Let's say this fall you can play football games, the CDC, the WHO, whatever authority says you're good to go to play football, but you cannot have fans in the stands. You can't have fans at the arenas, the stadiums where these college football programs play. Well, to recoup some of the money, you would lose, obviously, from that home gate of not having fans in the stands, all the concessions, tickets, etc. Well, Brett McMurphy thinks, let's play games every night of the week. I actually think if games cannot be attended by fans, if we're not, if we're that point where it's not safe for fans to to be in large groups at, at games, so basically we're just doing these games for TV. I really think that one option would be to play games every day of the week. If it's just for TV, move the games to every day of the week. Don't put ninety percent of your games on Saturday. Do like the MAC does in November and play games every day of the week, because at least then you could get monster TV ratings and then. Host Hopefully, the TV networks could compensate some of these universities for moving these games to different days to generate some revenue to kind of offset the lost revenue they're going to get from no crowds. There you go, Brett McMurphy. Big thank you to the Zone Sports Network, who also houses this podcast on their website for letting us use that audio. But some fascinating, fascinating thoughts from one of the foremost insiders in college football minds around the country, Brett McMurphy. Check him out. He is at Brett underscore McMurphy on Twitter. Does a great job covering college football and some very, very insightful thoughts, opinions, and analysis based on his conversations with 112 athletic directors around the country. This is not just Brett McMurphy's thoughts. This is athletic directors who are fretting their situation and they understand what they're up against this coming season. A very, very tenuous situation to say the least when it comes to college football in 2020. But let's hope it's all on track we start off in september or late august that's what my hope is but more conversations that go on wimbledon being canceled that ncaa recruiting dead period being extended till the end of may 
makes me think that the college football season, it is going to be altered in some form or fashion based on what we know right now. Let's hope it's not. All right, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news here in just a second. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys that you can listen to this podcast and listen to any other podcast. We mentioned Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, the new show here on the Locked On Podcast Network just a little bit ago. If you want to listen to any podcast, all you got to do is tell your smart device, play the latest episode of the Locked On Cougars podcast, or essentially another, any other team you're looking for, Locked On 49ers, let's say, for example, or if you're a Toronto Blue Jays fan, Locked On Blue Jays on the MLB network. Check us out. We love talking BYU sports across this network, particularly BYU sports right here on Locked On Cougars. But make sure to tell your smart device, play the latest episode of the Locked On Cougars podcast. That way, you always stay up to date with everything going on in BYU sports news. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. This has been a longer edition of Locked On Cougars today on a Thursday. Normally, I could keep the podcast around 30 minutes or even less than that. So that's the way it's almost, it's quote-unquote digestible for you guys. You can listen to it and be up to date real quick, but a little bit over time today. But I still thought those comments from Brett McMurphy were worth the time. One note before we go on today's show is that Emma Gee, she is a track runner, a track star, actually, I should say, for the BYU women's track and field as well as cross-country teams. She is actually set to transfer from BYU. And you're probably wondering, okay, what is so notable about Emma Gee transferring from BYU? If you don't know her backstory, she is the only out LGBTQ athlete in the BYU athletic department. Uh, She is bisexual. She had uh, talked about this in multiple formats, interviews, etc. over the past couple of seasons. But according to my sources with the NCAA transfer portal, she is set to graduate and be a graduate transfer away from Brigham Young University. I thought she was a great advocate for LGBTQ students at BYU. She was just very open about what her situation was and sounding off on it. So I found it notable to hear that she is transferring from BYU as a graduate transfer. I wish her nothing but the best as she moves forward in her athletic career and off into whatever else is next in life for her. But like I said, a track star transferring away from BYU normally doesn't make headlines, but Emma Gee is a little bit of a different story because like I said, she's the only out LGBTQ student athlete on the campus of Brigham Young University. And it appears that she is set to end her tenure as a BYU Cougar, have her degree in hand, and then move on and maybe participate for another season at at another university. She finishes out her collegiate eligibility and then moves on into maybe professional professional running who knows what she has planned I do not know what her situation is in that regard but I did find it notable to hear that she is in the NCAA transfer portal as a graduate transfer all right that'll do it for today's edition of the show can thank you guys enough for your continued support of the podcast come back tomorrow join us every day I really do appreciate you guys who have stuck with us through thick and thin as I mentioned that we are now moving back we have the option I guess I should say on the locked on podcast network to do a minimum of three shows 
shows a week uh, for the foreseeable future as we deal with this COVID-19 pandemic. My promise to you guys is, though, I am going to endeavor to do a podcast every day, Monday through Friday for you guys. I love talking BYU sports. I feel like it's a need during this time without sports to continue to keep you guys updated, but I will endeavor every day to do a podcast. If there comes a day where I don't have enough material for what I feel like is a good enough show, hey, we may skip a day here and there just so you guys have a heads up. But I, like I said, I will endeavor, I will do my absolute best to be with you guys each and every weekday, keeping you updated on everything going on in BYU sports news. Make sure to follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked On Cougars to stay up to date with everything going on with BYU. You can follow my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch. I'd love to hear from you guys. Also, feel free to drop us a note via email. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the address there. Enjoy whatever's left of your Thursday. We will talk to you again soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 2nd, 2020. We will talk to you tomorrow. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.